0: I love uh, This Flows Heart, and I love um, the Hayes family. If you know them, you love them. That's true. Amen, right? Amen. (laughs) Uh, And what I love is that, you know, you heard this in the video, is that for everything we see God doing, he's doing a million more that we can't see. Who knew years ago when that penny collection was started that God would use that to help be a part of bringing uh, two girls into a family and use it to really start something. Uh, here in our church, and we're thankful for that. This is the heart of God, and as we share uh, this morning, we're celebrating Orphan Sunday, and this is the 20th year of Orphan Sunday. It began in Zambia, and uh, we are joining thousands of churches across the world uh, in celebrating this and what God is doing uh, in foster care, adoption, and orphan care, and really asking him to say, Lord, how do you want us to engage Uh, Psalm 68, five and six says this, that God is father to the fatherless and defender of the widow. This is God in his holy place. God sets the lonely in families. And that is the heart of our God. And so as God's people, we want to have the heart of God and we should reflect that. And so that's why we're dedicating today to share some of the things that God is doing. And joining me up here are two wonderful people. If you've not met them, this is Matt and Stacy Cooper. Uh, and we're so thankful that they are joining us this morning to hear a little bit of their story and what God is doing in their family. So I want you guys just to take a moment and introduce yourselves.
1: All right, this is Stacy and I'm Matt. Stacy is a nurse midwife at Eglin Air Force Base in the hospital there. <laughs> I'm a stay-at-home dad to our littles. Uh, we have uh, seven kids. The oldest is Blake. He's 23. Uh, Caleb is 21. He is a senior in college. And we have a couple over there. Jonah and Emma are twin, 12-year-olds. Hmm. And uh, Charlotte, we adopted from China four years ago. Uh, she is 10. And Sophie is eight, right? Yes. Sophie eight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> too many kids, No. Yeah. Uh, and Benjamin is three. Yes. Yeah. Good job. Thank That's you. That's a <laughs> lot. Should have wrote it down on my Damn, hand. hand.
0: We <laughs> <congratulate you> on- <laughs> well, I want you guys to share a little bit because um, you know you guys have biological children, uh, so I want you to share how God placed this in your heart to pursue adoption.
2: It was something that we had always talked about most of our marriage. Um, And even as far back as 10 years, I remember having this conversation that, yes, we probably would grow our family through adoption, but it was just talk for really all of 10 years. And then we were in a church in Missouri that had an awesome orphan ministry. So we were watching other families traveling and picking up, up children and just being immersed in that, still just talking, observing. And then one message the pastor was talking about um, how we as Christians can sometimes get on our fence and we just ride the middle. It's really safe. Um, It's not good. It's not bad. But it is actually disobedient. And if you've been called to do something. And so we were challenged as a church and congregation to get off of our fence that day. And Matt and I, on the way home, lively discussion, we already knew what that was. And for us, it was adoption. So I said, I'm going to send off that application. And he said, okay. And I'm sending some money in. He's like, okay. And then we were off and running.
0: I love that, that picture of sitting on the fence because we can get off the fence and surrender. Or sometimes God can just like kick us off the fence, and uh, it's 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 usually goes so much better it's for easier us. easier to, to, just pick, choose to step down. pick it. So, yes. Uh, yeah. Well, I want you guys to share uh, too. And this is a question our family has received as an adopted family: is how did you know what to do? Like, how did you discern between foster care, adoption, international adoption? Uh, how did how did God lead you in that process?
2: We considered all the options, and just where we were in our season of life, um, we. It was more about a a child specifically. We could look at the waiting um, child list, and Matt and I came across Charlotte. And I looked at lots, and he would always say, no, no, no. And this one, he said, I think she's a Cooper. And so I said, I agree. And we were off and running to China, which I really didn't even want to go to China. I think I distinctly remember saying, I'm not going to China. And here we are. Again, once again and my my thought process was it's a communist country and so i had the thought that if we were going to be doing this we should be displaying god's word and sharing the gospel and how would i ever do that in this country um but that was even met also when our translator asked us why we would adopt someone with down syndrome because in their country they're not valuable um they're shunned they're not going to be be of um any significance to society. So why would we travel all this way and spend all this money for this little person? And it was right then I'm like, (laughs) I do get to share the gospel. He provided this moment. And we were also able to give her um, a Mandarin Bible um, that we could leave behind. So I don't know the ripple effect of that. And we won't know, um, but it was a good start.
0: I love what you shared about how this is, you know, a child that was really spoken over her that she's not worthy. Yes. You no, know, and then you know, this is God's heart for his children that, you know, he sees it's like Jesus came for us to bring us into this family. And, you know, that's, that's how this is a picture of the gospel. So, uh, you know, you guys have kids already. Yes. And, you know, I, I asked you in the first service, so now you didn't tell me not to do this. So, uh, and you're how old? 46.
1: I'm 39.
0: So you already had a lot going on in life, right? (laughs) Yes. You're at a stage of life where you're like, all right, we got how many more years till Mm -hmm. we can just go do what I want to? And Mm -hmm. you know, really how our culture teaches us to live. But you guys, um, you know, weren't saying that, but then you, so you brought uh, a child into your family cross-culturally and uh, with special needs. I want you to share just how you've seen God at work, uh, how he's provided for your family Mm -hmm. and sustained you.
2: In prepping for the adoption, it took us about 15 months of paperwork and greater than $40,000. And you can look at that on this side and go, that's a lot. But we just had to piece it together. And so one step at a time, I got to do this paperwork. Thankfully, we had that that big congregation and orphan ministry that had done it before. So when I'm like, what is this immigration paperwork? They're like, ah, oh, go here, do this. So we had that help. And we applied for grants and some would get dropped Um but then somebody would come through and say, I'm supposed to give you this money. And it was even bigger um, of an amount than what we were applying for on the grant. So we just saw every single penny that was met step by step. Because when I started, I asked God, I said, I don't think your plan is for us to be in mounds of debt. That's not good stewardship. And I, So I, we don't have it. And I don't know what you're gonna do, but I need you to be God and do the impossible. And he did every single time. Um, he was also preparing our daughter uh, because she was in an orphanage. And when they found that she had a committed family, they actually put her in foster care, which is pretty unusual for China. Um, And so her new foster family had grandparents and siblings and parents um, that were speaking over her that your mom and dad are coming. And they told her that regularly for the year that we were trying to get there. So that when we first met her in the court system, she hugged us and said, mom and dad and so she was already um, being prepped for that family life also.
0: So those pictures you just saw were, were from that moment, uh, that, that first meeting, which is a, a beautiful. So um, God's brought your family, uh, he's been faithful, yes. and you're trusting him to continue to be faithful because you're not done. Yes.
2: Uh,
0: God's <laughs> led you guys to, to start this all over again yeah. I, with an adoption process. And I want you to share a little bit about how God led you to that.
2: We, when we got back from China, we thought we were going to head right back to China. Um, it was a good experience, easy country to adopt from, everything's done. At that time, they were taking our paperwork. We could just um, go back another year and get another child. But the minute that we landed back stateside, China changed its rules. They said, guess what? You can't use all that paperwork you just spent 15 months on. You get to do it over. So at that point, it was, felt like it was God saying, hold up. Um, just wait a minute. And rightfully so, because six months later, we found out we were expecting at age 42. I know he could do it. I just didn't think he would. Too, <laughs> yes. so, I, mean. <laughs> I, I just thought, I, not, no, not now. <laughs> so that's why we didn't go to China. He had other plans for us. Um, but being in the adoption loop, you get lots of um, social media and waiting children and, you and, um, And so I found a a waiting child from Eastern Europe uh, named Augustus. And it was a little baby that was crying in his crib. And I, as a postpartum mom getting up with my new baby, was wondering who gets up with him, who takes care of him, and realizing that there's nobody. There's 20 nannies, or sorry, there's one nanny to every 20 kids. Um, Some orphanages can have 100. Charlotte's orphanage actually had 800 kids in her orphanage. So you can imagine... Even if they have the best intentions, they can't be everything to all the kids. So eventually, they learn not to cry. The nurseries are silent. And they just wait for their next meal or their, their next interaction from a human, which is pretty rare.
0: So you guys are pursuing adoption again. So yes. uh, tell a little bit about what's going on with
2: So we are headed back, um, and we just finished our home study and that is completed. We've actually been approved for two children. We're going to Eastern Europe. We can't say what area because um, of the privacy laws and also that some of the areas are are corrupt. And so for safety, we also just stick with Eastern Europe for now. So the question is, um, are we going for one or two? Right now we're committed to one child. Um, We're gonna name him Silas. The only thing that we know about him is his birth year is 2019, and he has Down syndrome. Um, That could be a lot of spectrum of Down syndrome from heart defects, congenital cataracts. We don't know. We won't know until we get his uh, medical log handed to us.
0: So I want you to just take a moment and share, um, just with your church family, just some encouragement or, you know, if someone's thinking about what do I do, what do they do? Matt, I want you to share because in all this, you guys have shared with us, like, You were a little hesitant at first, which is pretty much, I mean, that was Matt's story. Uh, You know, like, that happens a lot. So I want you to share just some encouragement to the church.
1: Well, like, we were talking about getting off your fence. I mean, I feel the only reason we got off our fence was because encouragement from other adoptive families. And I would encourage anybody that ever thought about foster, adopt, and come ask us. I mean, if God's calling you, then we're the ones who talk to him. I mean, we can lead you in the right direction.
2: We're also going to be starting, um, the church is going to be starting an informational meeting in January for people that might have an interest. Um, maybe I want to get um, involved, So we're going to have some things set up to talk about guardian ad litems and foster um, domestic adoption, international adoption. So certainly get plugged in. There's even, um, you know, children's ministry here. If we're bringing in more kids, we need people to help us take care of those kids. So we have special needs kids, so Bayshore Buddies. Um, sometimes I don't feel comfortable leaving Charlotte for class. So if she had a buddy that says, I'm going to tag along with her, that then that would free us up.
0: So this is a body of Christ thing, right? This is a body of Christ thing, and we all have a part to play. So, in your bulletin, there's information about the information meeting that our foster adopt team is going to be putting on in December. Uh, you can come to that, and then in January, we have some support uh, groups that are going to begin for foster adoptive families. Uh, and, you know, we are all called to do something, and the Holy Spirit is going to lead you to what that is and what your next step is. Uh, but one of the things that we all can do is pray, and so we're going to pray. And uh, something that we all can do as well is, is give. And so uh, the shock is uh, not here for this service because we've already done this in the eight o'clock service. And they didn't know that I said this. So imagine really surprised faces. But, um, yes. you know, this flow has continued to give and we uh, have uh, some money set aside. And so the missions MLT stewards our adoption fund. They meet together and uh, pray over how to use those funds. And so the missions MLT has already dedicated $5,000 from our church to support you guys. Appreciate Which, um, So that's grateful. the point where you say, wow, that's amazing. We're going to clap. All right. Um, you know, that's that's an incredible thing. And, and I'll just speak pastorally and also as an adoptive family. Like, we could just do the rest of it today if you want to. So uh, yeah. do it. Like, yes. What else is the heart of God but for the fatherless? Absolutely. So, um, I just want to encourage, they didn't ask for that. They did, they haven't asked for anything. <laughs> so um, we asked them to share their story because we just believe it's a powerful picture of the gospel. So we're going to pray together. Uh, and so uh, James is going to come and just lead us in prayer for you guys, for your family, for, for Silas, and just ask God to continue to work and be faithful.
3: Thank you. Guys, how awesome is this? I mean, this is incredible, isn't it? I feel like this is like something you hear about in the movies or some video from far away, and this is this family that has felt, with a big family already, led to adopt uh, one to possibly three children who have Down syndrome. What a beautiful display of God's love for us. And I just want to pray for you. Pray with me as we pray for Matt and Stacy. Um, God, I just thank you for Matt and Stacy's hearts being open. Um, and God, we know our hearts are open because of the love that you have displayed so clearly to us on the cross in welcoming, uh, welcoming us into your family. And so I thank you for the way that that love flows out of Matt and Stacy. Uh, I thank you so much for just the picture uh, of the gospel that is so clear here. And Lord, I just pray that you would continue to use their family to show people that um, how great you are. I pray that in their home, there's a picture of the gospel to their children that they that will be multiplied uh, as they grow to become adults who follow you. And I pray that those who see the Cooper family would see the gospel on display. We, we ask right now for Silas, for his protection, for his health. Um, Lord God, and that you just prepare um, the way for him to be united uh, as a part of the Cooper family. We praise you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray, amen. All right, well, uh, I praise God for the Coopers and I praise God for uh, the Hayes, and I praise God uh, for Miss Flo. Can we just say God is good in how he's working in their life? And... Um, Not only in those situations, but I I don't know if you are aware of this, but any given Sunday on this church campus, there are between 20 to more than 30 children uh, who are part of our church who were adopted, who are active foster children. That means that about one out of every five or six children you see on our campus are actually children who have been taken in to Christian families. I mean, praise God for that. And, you know, the reality is that when you look at what is happening globally and when you look at what is happening in our nation in terms of uh, foster care and really any uh, adoption care and really any ministry to the helpless, by and large, it is Christians who are doing it. I mean, I know that often Christians get blasted for not doing more, and uh, I might do that a little bit in just a moment, but the reality is that we are doing far more uh, and that many of these ministries and many of these services in our world would not exist if was not for the church, and I, and I realize that even in this room, there are those who have adopted in the past, who have stepped up and been relative caregivers, and so I just praise God uh, for the way he uses his people to meet these needs, but I am surprised that there are more people, not more people, who are doing this. And I just wanna talk about that for a few moments. And I just say this, I, when I responded to be, call, be a pastor, I felt called to preach and I love to preach and I usually take a long time to do it and I'm not gonna do that today. So that's how much I care about this issue, okay? Um, so I just wanna take about 10 to 15 minutes and just talk about why we should be involved in caring for the fatherless. Why we should be involved in caring for the fatherless. The first reason is this, we are like our heavenly father, when we care for the fatherless. We are like our heavenly father when we care for the fatherless. Pastor Justin already referenced Psalm 68, verse five, that describes God as a father of the fatherless and protectors of widows is God in his holy habitation. That is who God is. Deuteronomy 10, verse 18 says, he, that is God, executes justice for the fatherless and the widow and loves the sojourner, giving him food and clothing. So if we are Christians... We say that we are people who are following Christ and we say that we are people who want to have the character of God. We want to be godly. And when we care for the fatherless, we are being like our heavenly father. That is his character. In addition to this, we obey our heavenly father when we care for the fatherless. We obey our heavenly father when we care for the fatherless. Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 29 says, And the Levite, because he has no portion or inheritance with you, and the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow who are within your towns, shall come and eat and be filled, that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands that you do. This is just one of the passages of Scripture where God tells his people that they should take care of those who are doing ministry, those who are refugees, those who are fatherless, and those who are widowed. I don't know how he includes people who are in ministry as helpless like them, but we'll, we'll, I'll talk to God about that later. But he says, and God, will, I will bless you in all the work that you do if this is your heart. Deuteronomy 24, verse 19 says, when you reap your harvest in your field and forget a sheaf in, your, in the field... You shall not go back to get it. It shall be for the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow, that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. God's saying you don't have to be obsessed with having everything that you earn. In fact, leave some of it for these people, refugees, fatherless, widows who are In Need. In Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse 12, it says When you have finished paying all the tithe of your produce in the third year, which is the year of tithing, give it to the Levite, the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow, so that they may eat within your towns. And be filled. So, in addition to giving 10% of their first fruits every year, every third year there would be an additional offering that was given by the people of Israel. And God was saying, hey, in addition to that regular giving, you're giving so that the Levite, the, 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 those doing ministry, the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow, that they might be taken care of. What you're giving to should be helping with these issues. In Isaiah chapter one, whenever the prophet calls the people of God to repentance, he says this, wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes, cease to do evil. And then he says, learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. God says, if you are a repentant people, then you also, as repentant people, begin to seek justice and correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, and plead the widow's cause. And in James chapter 1, verse 27, James says, religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. God has commanded us to take care of many helpless and specifically of those who are fatherless. So we obey God's commands. We obey our father's commands when we care for the fatherless. But also, adoption is our story. Adoption is our story. John 14, verse 18 through 20 says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you will also live. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. Jesus says, I've come to the world so that you would not be orphaned, so that you would have a place with your heavenly Father. And in Ephesians chapter one, verse three through six, the apostle Paul says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be homel- holy and blameless before him in love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved you see this is the picture of us coming to faith in Christ as we were to be adopted into the family of God so When we care for the fatherless, we are being like our father, and we are obeying our father. And adoption is the story of the gospel. And so it is now on display, not just in us, but through us. But in addition to these things, I would say this, the need is there. So when we learn something from the Bible about God's character and God's commands and the gospel, we then ask ourselves, do, how do I need to live that out? Or is there a way for me to live that out? And the answer to that is absolutely yes. The need is there. Currently, there are around 150 million children without fathers in the world. Across our globe, there are about 150 million children who do not have fathers, In the United States of America, there are always an average of 400,000 children in foster care. 400,000 children in foster care. Of those 400,000 children, about 150,000 children are eligible for adoption in the U.S. right now. Every year in the United States of America, on average, 650,000 children are aborted. We say that we want to put an end to abortion, but that would mean 650,000 children who need to be loved and taken in. There are an average in this region, that's the four counties on the western end of the state of Florida of 3,500 children in care at any given time. That's in these four counties, there are 3,500 children who are in foster care And there are an average of 200 removals a month in our region. That means every month, on average, 200 new children enter into care, waiting to either be reunified or eventually be adopted. The need is there. And the last thing I will say about this is that Jesus prayed and taught us how to pray. And when he taught us how to pray, he said, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God's kingdom will be a place where there are no helpless. There are no lonely. And as citizens of the kingdom of heaven, God leaves us on this earth to be ambassadors for the kingdom of heaven. So our lives should be a picture of what the kingdom of heaven will be like for all of eternity. Now, people have often said to me, well, I just don't know if that's my calling, to care for foster children or adoptive children. But what I would say to you is I don't know how it fully looks in your life, but the question is not are you called to care for them, but how will you be a part of caring for them? See, I didn't have this vision one day where the Lord just like struck me down and said, hey, you need to care for um, orphans. I read the Bible. And the Bible makes it very clear that this is the Father's heart. You see, if we read the Bible, we don't have to have these you know, supernatural visions where God tells us stuff. Now you might say, well, I know certain people in certain denominations where they're always having visions, right? They don't read the Bible very much in those certain denominations, so God has to speak to them in that way. I thought that was funny too. Thank you for laughing. (laughs) But if we read the Bible, it's very clear that this is the Father's heart, that this is a command of the Father, and that it's what the gospel is. It is adoption. And so I would say to people who say, well, I don't know if that's my calling. Do you say that about other plain and simple things in the Bible? I mean, do you say that about loving your spouse? Do you say that about reading the Bible? Do you say that about sharing the gospel? And you know what? Actually, more and more people are now saying, I don't know if I'm called to love my spouse. Uh, Reading the Bible isn't really for me. I'm not a person who's called to share the gospel. You know why? Because we are being influenced more by a Western individualized consumer culture than we are by the character of God. We're letting the American dream shape us more than the kingdom of God. And, And we start to see this happening in people's lives. And I just think about, when I think about religion, and the Bible says pure and undefiled religion is to take care of the widow and the orphan, I wonder if people were more focused on the, you know, close to 100 verses that deal with the fatherless than like taking one verse that says you shouldn't have tattoos, but it really doesn't, and really obsessing about that, what the church might look like today. What if we really were concerned with what the heart of God was for us and just doing what he's called us to do and trusting in him? But you know why it's so much easier to have a religion that's focused more on that? Because when we really follow Jesus, it requires sacrifice. Jesus let go of being God, not really, but then in grasping the nature of God, the Bible tells us in Philippians 2, came to this earth sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice, the wrath of God poured out in him for us. And when we follow Jesus, we realize what he has done for us and we say, I'm following you. I'm following you. And people have often asked me, well, what about your children? You know, how's it affect your children? Does it change their lives in any way? Yes, absolutely. But here's what I'm convicted by. I would rather have children that see the brokenness of this world and us stepping into that brokenness then be well-rounded people who never give up their comfort for anybody. And I hope that you want your children to see the heart of God more than you want them to be successful. I want my children to be successful, but any success they have, I want them to use it because God has blessed us. And that's really the story, the picture of this church. God has blessed us and so let's use that blessing for him. So how do we respond? Well, here's how you can respond today. The first I would say is you can repent for not caring about what your heavenly father says. If this hasn't mattered to you, it's the character of God. It's the word of God. And maybe you need to repent. And maybe, maybe you're too old now. I mean, Miss Lowe, I love you. You do a lot, but you are too old to adopt. Again, but so maybe you are, and and I would just say you repent, and then you say, Lord, God, his grace covers you, and you say, what can I do? But maybe you're a younger family, youngish family, and you can. You can do something directly, boots on the ground. Just repent and see what the Lord does. And, And so maybe it is foster and or adopt. That is something you can do. I believe that we can have more families who do this. God has just given us some great families who who are raising their kids to see who the Lord is. God's provided for us. And I think we could have more foster and adoptive families in this church. And if that's you, I would just tell you, we are here with you. Uh, I would encourage you to go to the informational meeting that's coming up in December. You can see information about that in your bulletin and have people who talk to you through the process. And I don't know if you know me, but if I talk to you, I'm not gonna sugarcoat anything for you. And so I'd be happy to tell you uh, what to expect as you move into it. And then, I would also say this, not everybody is going to do that, but you can serve families who foster and adopt. You can help with babysitting and just being another person in the lives of these children. In our children's ministry, every Sunday, there are uh, you know, one out of five, one out of six children who are being brought into our homes. What if we doubled that? There's a greater need for children's ministry. And so be a part of that. You can also be a guardian ad litem. Those are advocates for uh, children in foster care uh, who in court, and those uh, are desperately needed. Um, And you can give. You can give to help families who foster and or adopt. Um, Listen, when we, and I'm glad we do this, but when we do a building campaign, people give hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. And here we have a family, and we will have more, who are building the church to a beautiful picture of the gospel I know Christy and I, we already have decided in our hearts that we're gonna contribute to help with the Cooper's adoption. As a church family, we should say, we're here with you and we should give to help in situations like that. So what we're gonna do is our time of response. Is we're going to pray uh, together, and I've actually have some friends that are going to come now and pray uh, with me as we uh, pray, uh, lead us through this prayer time. Uh, Matt Hayes is going to come and he's going to pray uh, for more foster and adoptive families. Pastor Michael is going to pray for us as a church uh, that we would be supportive of these families, and then Miss Flo Saxon is going to pray for our generosity and uh, close our time of prayer. And then um, we'll, uh, I think we're singing. Yeah, we're singing? We're singing after Okay, we're singing uh, after that. So uh, let me get us started, and then uh, if you guys will lead us as well. So let's pray together. Uh, Lord, I do believe that there is a need, in many cases, for repentance. But God, I pray right now that the motivation to do anything is not guilt. It's not duty. It's not I ought to. It's who you are. And that you've welcomed us as sons and daughters into your home through the blood of Jesus. So God, help show us how we can live lives in response and obedience because of that.
4: Adoption and fostering is uh, of your gospel, God. Um, We're so grateful that you call us to do something to uh, be your hands and feet to take care of these, uh, to take care of the fatherless, Lord. Um, Lord, I pray right now, um, I'm thankful for uh, the many families we do have uh, in our church, um, that are are part of this Lord, and that are um, that are taking care of the fatherless uh, through foster and adoption. God, um, Lord, I pray right now just for those um, those families that maybe have been talking about it for a while and not really uh, thinking too much of it. But God, I pray that you just put a desire in their hearts, Lord. Um, I pray that you put a calling on their hearts, um, and make it obvious and make it known to them, Lord, um, and, uh, that they would just, just, uh, obey and and continue to seek it further, Lord, and to pursue, uh, what you may call them to, God. Um, and I also just lift up, um, the families that are on the fence, um, I've been there, and I'm sure um, many others have been there, God, and I just pray that you would just um, uh, give them courage, give them um, strength to uh, get out of their comfort zones and to, um, to pursue what's next, God, and to actually be the boots on the ground to, to, um, to take care of those who need it, Lord. Um, there may be things in the way. There may be stumbling blocks in the way. God, fear uh, is one of them. Um, maybe, maybe they already uh, put the application in, and maybe not going further. Lord, um, I just pray that you just uh, give them the, um, just help them, uh, you know, keep going, Lord, and and give them that 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 courage, God. Um, and help them just say yes to the calling that you've given them, Lord. And uh, we pray that we just obey uh, what you put on our hearts, God. Uh, We just pray overall that you would um, help contribute to the need, Lord, and, and, and provide more fostering and adoptive families in our church, God.
5: Father, we just thank you for meeting here with us this morning. And Lord, as I think about just your provision and just how you orchestrate all things for your glory and for your kingdom, and God, just thinking about our church family, how you've brought us together as your people to accomplish your purposes and to accomplish your will here. Lord, we do just ask, Lord, that you would use us as your people to be your hands and your feet to the fatherless. Lord, that you bring us together uh, to support and to serve foster and adoptive families and foster and adoptive children. Lord, is a picture of the gospel. And Lord, I, I believe I can speak on behalf of the foster and adoptive families here in our church of just how blessed and how encouraged and how supported we have felt by our church family. Lord, through meals, through prayers, through encouragement, through clothing and toys and just even a listening ear, Father. God, what you have called us to do is not easy, but Lord, you've given us your spirit. You've given us your word. Lord, you've given us one another, the body of Christ. And Lord, you've brought us together for this purpose. And Lord, I just pray that we would be obedient to you Lord, that we would be selfless, Lord, that we uh, would do what you've asked us to do, whether it's through our resources and our giving, whether it's through our time, whether it's through serving kids and student ministry, or whether it's providing a meal or a listening ear, whatever it may be, Lord, that you would give us your heart uh, for those who are lonely without a family, and Lord, that we would welcome them in not only into our own individual families, but Lord, into your family, that they would see who you are because of how we love and how we serve and how we give and how we forgive. Father, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you that you've called us uh, to your purpose and for your will, that you've called us together as your people. We love you and we pray all these things in Jesus' name.
6: Our loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for teaching us so many beautiful things. Thank you, Father, for teaching, for teaching us to love. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for teaching us to pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, to, that you have taught us to give And you've taught us to forgive. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you have given us all things that we might be worthy to be called children of God. Thank you, Father, for choosing K.W. and Flo Saxon to be the parents of Beth. Thank you for her life. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for letting me witness the way that you are working your plan for Beth's life. Thank you for Jesus' sake. Amen.
3: Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Matt, and thank you, Miss Flo, for saying yes. And for those who don't know, Pastor Michael's also, he and Dana are a foster family. They've had five children in their home this year. And, you know, over the past several years, we've had uh, 13 different children come in and out of our homes. And um, with each one is a different story, and with each one is an opportunity to show them the gospel, and I'm gonna steal something my wife uh, shared at our prayer night just a few weeks ago, or a few months ago. Um, when we were praying for this, and uh, the precious little girl who's with us right now, uh, when she came into our home, and we talked about Jesus, she was like, who's Jesus? Like, she had no idea uh, who Jesus was, but now when she sees a cross, she says, that's my Jesus. And that's what we're doing when we open up our church, when we open up our home when we open up our families to this. And and I've heard people say some version of this many times, uh, but I'm just gonna give Andy Stanley the credit for it because I know he said it. And my application to you today, my challenge to you today would be this, do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. You can't adopt all the children. (laughs) You can't give to help every person's adoption probably in a significant way. You can't be there for every foster and adoptive family, but you can do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. And I pray that the Lord shows you what that means for your life today.